0: Well, Merry Christmas, Thrive Church. How are you guys doing? I am so excited to see you here. Man, God is good. If you don't know me, I'm Judah Thomas, pastor here at Thrive Church, and we are so excited to celebrate, to celebrate the birth of our King Jesus Christ. And if you are here for the first time or the 101st time, we are so glad to have you here. And in fact, we'd like to invite you to come back next week as well as we are going to be talking about peace for the future as we get ready to go into a new year. Uh, I believe that we would like to, to have a peaceful year and have Jesus in that. So we'd like to invite you uh, to come back as we uh, look to the future of what God has in store for us. But we are talking today about Jesus is King. Jesus is King. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, people are fascinated by with kings have you ever noticed that people love things that have to do with kings and kings are actually can be really good or well they can be really bad too if you have a bad king man things can get really really bad if the king is bad it's bad for everybody the entire kingdom the entire realm is in trouble but when there is a good king everyone thrives. We love things that have to do with kings. In fact, there's so many TV shows now about monarchies of kings and, and queens, and, and we like to, to watch this because something draws us towards it. Something draws us towards the concept of, of being in service of a king, of a royal family. In your notes, you can write this down if you're taking them, that there is something in deep inside us that wants to serve someone something that that wants to serve something we we like the idea of serving a king but but not just any king we want to serve a king who is good Did anybody uh, watch Robin Hood at all growing up or any, you know, there was so many variations. I used to love Robin Hood. I loved, uh, you know, the uh, the cartoon. I loved Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Every version of Robin Hood, uh, even Robin Hood Men in Tights wasn't that bad. Um, but, uh, you know, Robin Hood was a great story. as a guy who would rob from the poor. I'm sorry, rob from the rich. Not, yeah, that'd be horrible. he robbed from the rich to give to the poor. And he was in service, though, of a king but not the king who currently sat on the throne. He was in service to the true king, King Richard, who was away and he wasn't on the throne at that time and and he wanted to serve the true king, King Richard. Or we read stories or see movies about King Arthur and the knights of the round table. And we love this idea of of chivalry and, and the knights who would do anything. They would sacrifice life and limb to protect their king and to serve their kingdom. Why? Because there's a calling inside of us that wants to do something great. We want to do something of, of significance. We want to give our life to a cause, something that is, is bigger than me and bigger than you. We, we want our, our lives to make a difference. So we're all looking for a king. We're all looking for someone to save us. And we look to all kinds of things. Some people look to politics. Man, if you've been looking to politics to save you, I'm sure you've been disappointed this week, haven't you? Man, what a rough week. Hey, but people look to politics to save them. They, they, they look to other things. They look for, for somebody to come and sweep them off their feet. They're looking for the, the knight in shining armor, someone who will, who will come and be all that they want them to be. See, the king is, is what you serve. What do you serve the most in your life? Is our king money, more zeros in a bank account, perhaps. Maybe what you serve is your job, and everything in life is about your job. Maybe it's about your education, and we're so proud of the education we have, or or we're so focused on, on grades and all these things that it becomes our king. Maybe your king is a relationship that you have. Maybe it's fame and fortune. Maybe it's getting more likes on a post on Instagram. I don't know, but we all are serving something. Thousands and thousands of years ago, there was a prophecy about a king, though, a king who would come, and this king would be unlike any other king. This was a king that would come and take all the wrongs in the world and fix them and make them right. This was a king that would bring freedom, and he would set up a powerful kingdom that would last forever. The prophecy can be found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, for a child is born to us, and a son is given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of us eternity. And people loved the idea of this. They loved the idea that there would be a king who would come and set things right, who would come and set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed. This would be a king like no other. This would be a king who would rule with love and justice and mercy, a king who would bring peace to the kingdom, who would bring freedom. But what they didn't realize is how different he would be. See, kings are normally born in palaces of royal lineage. They weren't expecting a king to be born in a barn around animals in a smelly environment. See, kings, when they would come, they would come with great wealth. They didn't expect their king to be born into poverty. Kings would be proud. They would would be strong and powerful and proud of their accomplishments. They didn't expect a humble king who would come with a different mentality. They, they expected their kings to come riding on a war horse and not on a donkey. See, the king they were looking for was someone who would demand people to serve them, but instead, when our king, King Jesus, came, he says, I came to serve others, not to be served myself. So what things make a good What makes a good king? And what makes Jesus the king that we have been waiting for? In your notes, you can write down that a good king gives protection. A good king gives protection to those in his charge. In Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. Do you need rest? God is offering you rest. He's saying, if you come to me, I will give you rest says, they will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. God is the one we can put our trust. God is the one who protects us. God is the one who keeps us safe. God is the one who comforts us in times of need. See, we have a king who cares for our needs. We have a king who keeps us safe, who guards us and guides us. Most kings in this world, they need protection, don't they? They may be strong, but they have bodyguards and they have bulletproof glass and they have people that will will give their lives to protect their king, not our king, Jesus. He says he is our shield. He is our refuge. He is our strong tower. He is our warrior. He is stronger than any adversity we may face. He's bigger than any problem. He is mighty, and he is a conqueror, and a conqueror that has so much power that he conquered sin and death and allows us to live in that protection. A good king brings us protection, but also in your notes, a good king offers freedom. He offers us freedom. Do we need freedom in our lives from the things that hold us back? It says in Galatians, Galatians chapter five, verse one. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Christ has set us free. It says, now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up in slavery again to the law. See, some kings, they would enslave people. They would bring in forced labor and demand that they work for free or for next to nothing. Our king is a king that sets the captives free. Our king is one who has fought to free us from bondage, bondage from sin and the things that we have done that displease him. Our king has fought so that we can be free from shame and the things in our past that haunt us He has given us freedom from fear and freedom from addiction. No matter what addiction you face, he says that he is offering freedom to you. But are you willing to live in that freedom? He says, make sure that you stay free. Have you ever been a slave to something before? Have you ever been in bondage, lived in bondage to something, maybe something in your life, something in your past, an addiction, a relationship? Maybe it's just the pursuit of something, and we become slaves in this living in bondage day after day, but Jesus Christ, our king, has come to set you free, to give you a second chance, to give you a new life, to give you a new start, and he paid the debt that you could not pay you couldn't do it, we couldn't earn it, but Jesus says, I will set you free. In your notes, a good king brings peace. A good king will bring peace. In John 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Jesus is saying, you can have peace in me You're not gonna find peace in more money. You're not gonna find peace in a relationship or in a better job. You're not gonna find peace in any of these things. You will find true peace in me. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows. Has anybody had any trials or sorrows recently in your life? Okay, about half of you have. That's great. Some of you, it's still coming. See, the Bible says you're gonna have some tough times. But here, here he says, here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Don't lose hope. Don't, don't lose hope. You can still have peace. Why? Because this is, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, I have overcome all the things in the world. I will be with you. I will be your present help when you need me. I will be there. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Jesus is offering you peace. Not peace like the world talks about not peace like the world promises. This is not, you know, an absence of conflict in life. This is a peace that comes from within, a peace that you can have even in the storms of this life. Even when you're going through difficult times, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. You can have peace from your past, you can have peace in the present, and peace for the future. And next week, we're gonna be talking about how God gives us peace for the future, how we can go into the future with peace. See, kings are to be feared. But wouldn't it be great to have a king as your friend? A king who had your back? Imagine if you had to go up before a court and they were, they were bringing accusations against you about crimes that had been committed and you know and they know that they are correct. You did those things and now they are getting ready to pass judgment on you but in comes the king and the king is like, hold on just a minute. I know they're guilty. I know they did this but that's my friend and I'm gonna pay the price so they don't have to. See, that's what Jesus offers to us. He offers us freedom. He offers us forgiveness. He offers us a new life. See, this king was a king who came down to our level, a king who came to be one of us, a king who left his throne in heaven to come and be with us. Legends say that King James V of Scotland would often put on the clothes of the common man, and he would wander through the settlements, and he would talk to people. So he could get a real perspective of how their life was in his kingdom. And then he would come back and he would make the changes necessary in his kingdom. But he knew that if he went as a king, nobody would talk honestly to them. They they wouldn't listen and they would come in fear. Many years ago, I was out in Wisconsin and I, I was with a band, and we were getting ready to, to go to a gig. The problem was, was we didn't know where this place was that we were going. And this is back before we had GPSs and all that fancy stuff. We had these things called maps, and they were printed on paper. And, uh, and it was horrible because what would happen is somebody would do road construction, and nobody would update the map that was sitting in your car. So, so it was very easy to get lost, and we were lost. And, and we had to be at the show at a certain time. We didn't know what to do, how to get there. So we pulled over at a gas station and went in and asked the person working at the gas station if he knew where this particular venue was. And sure enough, he knew what it was. But he did something unlike any other gas station attendant I have ever seen in my entire life. And I doubt I will ever see this again. You know what he did? He said, instead of just saying, oh, you just go down the road, and you turn uh, right at the stop sign, then you go over the little creek and turn left and hop over the log, and there you are. No, that's not what he said. He said, you know what? Instead of trying to explain to you how to get there, why don't you just follow me? The guy went, he locked up the gas station, he got in his car and said, why don't you follow me? Instead of me trying to tell you the way to go, I will be the way. All I want you to do is follow me. Follow me and I will lead you to the destination. That's what Jesus said. He said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't point the way. Jesus didn't describe the way. Jesus didn't map out the way. Jesus said, I am. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. In your notes, Jesus left his throne to come and bring heaven to earth. Imagine what he had to give up. His throne in heaven, he leaves there as king of the universe, and he comes to be born in a barn He comes to be born in poverty. He comes to be born in what seemed like an illegitimate birth. He comes to be born on this earth to live life as us so that he could identify with us, and more importantly, so that we could identify with him. And this is a king unlike any other. Imagine a king so strong that he could break time itself. But isn't it interesting that the date 2020 marks... Two thousand and twenty years. Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord, from the birth of Jesus Christ, every date prior to that is marked BC, which stands for before Christ. Jesus came on the scene and he broke the time itself. Every king, every ruler, the date of each of them, from the time they began ruling to the time they ended, every single date in history is marked by the birth of King Jesus because he is the King of Kings and he is the. Lord of Lords. One great king, one great emperor was Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. Imagine the power that this man had. He was powerful. He was ruthless. He was brutal. Do you know why you know the name Caesar Augustus? Not because he was a great king, but because he played a secondary role in the birth of Jesus Christ. Because we know that Caesar was there in power at the time, and other kings from the east came to visit the king of the Jews, Jesus, born as a child, and they come to Caesar Augustus and said, Caesar, we heard that there is a king of the Jews, and Caesar Augustus says, you're looking at him, baby. And they say, no, no, not you, Caesar. There's another king that will be born. He was prophesied of, and this made Caesar Augustus furious. He found out that he would be under three years old and said, we're going to wipe out all uh, the children in this region that fit the bill. The other kings went along, and they found this young child Jesus, and they fell, and they worshiped, and they brought him gifts. But the only reason why we know the name Caesar Augustus is because he played an insignificant role in the story of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every king before or since is marked by the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, there is debate in this world, even now, about changing these these terms, B.C. and A.D., before Christ, and Anno Domini, to changing them to B.C., uh, or I'm sorry, uh, C.E., which is the common era, and B.C.E., which is before the common era. And, and they people are trying to say this because they, they want to bring Jesus out of the calendar. Yet the problem that they face is they say, the problem is, is, is if anybody ever asks why did they choose this specific date to start the common era? It all still comes back to Jesus Christ. There is no one that can deny it. No atheist that can deny it. No agnostic that can deny it. No person that worships another God can deny it because Jesus is the one that all of our dates come back to. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says God elevated him. God is elevating Jesus. See, Jesus came humbly. He came as a servant, someone to serve, not to be served. It says, now God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. In your notes, Jesus is not just the king that we want. He is the king that we need. See, he is the one who sets the captives free. He's saying that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Can you imagine that for a moment? That means there will come a day where you and me will bow in front of King Jesus. Maybe you don't realize he's the king right now. Maybe you're not sure if he truly is the king right now, but scripture says one day you will be sure. One day I will be sure in every single knee. Of every single person that has ever lived will bow at the name of Jesus. Every single tongue will say, Jesus is Lord. That means every king, every ruler, every monarch, every dictator that has ever lived, there will be a day where they will bow before Jesus Christ and say, he is the Lord. He is the Lord. And he is the one who sets captives free. There is healing in his hands. There is restoration that he brings. He's bringing us forgiveness. See, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In your notes, Jesus is not just a king. Jesus is the king. He is not a king. He is my king. He is not just a king. He is your king. He is not a king. He is the king of kings. He is not just a king. He is the king of love. He is the king of peace and a king who gives generously. This is a king Who comes and he brings healing in his hands. This is a king not just of a worldly kingdom. He's one that wants to be the king of your heart. But will you allow him to be the king of your heart? This is the king that all other kings must bow. There may be rulers who resign. There may be rulers who get impeached from time to time but every knee will bow at the name of Jesus Christ. There may be rulers who get assassinated, but not our King Jesus. He will not resign. He will not be impeached. He will not be assassinated, and he will not take a day off because he is our king. So there are two responses that we can have today. We talked about Augustus Caesar, the first emperor of Rome, essentially the king at that time, or there was the kings who came in from the east. What response will you have to the King Jesus? As Augustus Caesar says, I'm going to put out all my efforts to annihilate and to stop this king. I'm not going to accept that he's king. I'm going to try to to ignore him. I'm going to try to destroy him. I'm going to live my life as if he never existed. Or are we going to be like the kings who traveled far, bringing gifts of gold and frankincense of myrrh, who came and not just gave gifts to the king, but it says they bowed down and worshiped him. What kind of gift can we give to a king? What kind of gift can we give to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? We can bring him our loyalty. We can bring him service, saying, I will serve the king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I can worship him, I can respect him, and I will honor him. But the best gift that we can give in your notes, the best gift that we can give to our king is our life. Thank God, I will give you my life. You can be the king of the universe, but more than that, I want you to be my king. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be the king of my heart. And will we allow him to be the king? He is the name above all names. He is the one who could speak anything into existence. There is no other name upon heaven or earth by which men can be saved other than the name of Jesus. There is power In the name of Jesus, there is power when we speak his name. In fact, that's why his name has become a swear word to so many people. They'll say Jesus Christ, because even in the very name, in the very speaking of the name, there is power. And so they use it in an offensive way, unaware of the fact that there is power unlike any other in that name. See, many people, they just want Jesus to be their their consultant in life, though, and they don't want him to be their king. They, they just want a little bit of, of advice here and there. They want a, a few tips of maybe how to live their life better, how to be a little bit more successful, but they aren't really willing to make him the king of their life. What is Jesus to you? Is he your consultant or is he your king? In your notes, let Jesus be your king and not your consultant. Let him be the king who reigns. Let's not wait for the judgment day to be the day that we bow down and declare him our king. Let us declare him our king now. Now that Jesus has come, he has come, and he has brought hope. Now that Jesus has come, he has come, and he has brought peace to you, to me, for my past, my present, and my future. This king has come, and he's given us joy Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So will you let him be your king? Because it was on a silent night long ago that heaven invaded earth. And love broke through the silence. And we were unaware. And most people were unaware. And in that moment, everything changed. Everything changed in that moment. When God came down to earth and it was unnoticed by most, it was unnoticed by most of the people, uh, a, a few shepherds, heard the proclamation of the angels who said glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. And God's glory came down on that dark night, but darkness was broken. Darkness never stood a chance because darkness has no power because Jesus is light. He is light and he is hope and darkness never stands a chance in the face of light. And Jesus has come and Jesus offers us freedom so we can rejoice that Jesus has come, that our King has come, that he has saved us, that he has given us the opportunity to live right before him. And he offers us protection and he offers us peace and he offers us healing. But are we willing to declare him as the King of our life today? Are we willing to say, Jesus, you are my King. My knee will bow and my tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let us rejoice and let us pray because our King has come to this earth so father we come to you now and we thank you that Jesus is our King he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords no one else reigns with more power than our King no one else comes close to our King a king who came to this earth with humility was born in a manger who lived life as a poor person who lived a life in obscurity but came and made such a difference because he died on the cross for our sins but death could not hold him and in that act he defeated sin and death and he is our king who rules and reigns even to this day so lord we call on your name And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, what a better opportunity than as we celebrate the birth of our king to say, Jesus is my king and my Lord. I will call on his name. Won't you call on his name and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my king. Lord, we thank you. For your goodness we thank you god for loving us so much that you sent your one and only son jesus to this earth to die so that we didn't have to to pay the price for our sin to give us freedom to give us liberty to give us a second chance and a third chance and a hundredth chance to give us new life to give us freedom from our shame and freedom from our past and freedom from our addiction you have come you have come In Jesus' name, we are free. In Jesus' name, we have been given hope. We are made new. So church, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's praise the king. Let's praise him now. Let's worship our king because he is worthy and he is a king who sits on the throne for us even today.